the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are blessed to have you join us. What we do for Christ has infinite significance. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Are we trusting God to affect the world for Christ and eternity? Or are we charting our own course, consumed with the temporal pleasures of our finite earthly existence? Are we praying without ceasing? Or are we ceasing to pray for God-called laborers to fulfill the harvest? God will never fail us. Are we failing Him? Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Goodness, I've lost two hours because folk can't drive on. So you can get a crowd. Crowds, crowds, crowds. We, 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 we in this syndrome where bigger is better. How many do you have? You know, it is not the quantity, it is the quality. I want to see a quality membership. I want to see a healthy membership. I want to see a spiritually growing membership. And because of that, if it is the will of God, he brings numerical growth out of that if it's his will. Amen? First Peter 2, 2 says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into full experience of salvation. Number five, uh, why, why is it that we don't have more laborers? It's because genuine worship of Christ, listen, listen at this, genuine, genuine worship of Christ should lead to passionate work for him. Genuine worship of Christ should lead to passionate work for Christ. Your worship of Christ should move you to serve the Christ you worship. Did you get that? Did you get that? Your worship of Christ should move you to serve the Christ you worship. It's amazing how many believers give God long praise and worship in his house, then leave out of the doors of the sanctuary and do absolutely nothing. They don't serve their family. They don't serve anyone. They just come here from Sunday to Sunday. They they worship Christ, but their worship of Christ doesn't lead them to work and labor for Christ. You see, oh, Jesus, Lord is good. Give thanks with a thankful heart. They hold their hands and they're saying their praise and worship. And they say, hallelujah, bless the Lord. Glory to God. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Preach, preach, y'all. Walk out the doors. Do absolutely nothing. Come back next Sunday, same time. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. I love you, Jesus. I honor you. I, wait a minute now. The scripture says in Luke 6, 46, but why do you call me Lord, 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 and do not the things which I say? 
Stop the praise and worship if you're not going to serve the Lord. Labor for him. My friend, who did you serve this past week? Hmm? So you serve Christ when you take that bring a co-worker card and give it to a co-worker. That's serving Christ. Knocking on doors for neighborhood outreach is serving, is serving Christ. Encouraging somebody who's down or depressed or suicidal and all these kinds of things. Beloved, where are the laborers? Number six, many saints are too transient to labor for Christ. Many do not work for Christ because they are too transient to labor for Christ. They refuse to become members of a local assembly. There are people who just bounce around church to church to church to church, but they have no work in the ministry. How can you make a spiritual investment in the lives of people when you cannot stay in one place long enough to see the fruits from your labor? The Gospel of John chapter 15 verse 8 says, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Beloved, fruit refers to your actions. Fruit refers to your conduct. Fruit refers to your work, your action, your conduct, your work. Where are the fruit in your personal life? Where is the fruit in your family? Where's the fruit among your coworkers? Where's the fruit in the Lord's church? What fruit is in your life being produced to the glory of God? Where is the fruit? Number seven, many saints do little to no work because they do not view themselves as missionaries for, for Christ. Many saints do little to no work because they do, they do not view themselves as missionaries for Christ. Jesus was the greatest missionary who ever lived. Mark 10, 45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Many come to church with an entitlement mentality and with expectations of not what I can do for the church, but rather what can the church do for me. Beloved, this was not the attitude of Christ. He was King, Savior, and Lord and sat on the right hand of God in heaven. And yet he humbled himself. He humbled himself and became a man with flesh and blood to serve lost humanity all the way to his death on the cross. The Gospel of John chapter 13 verses 3 through 5 says, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that he had come, that he had come from God and would return to God. Verse 4, so he got up from the table. This is Jesus. Now look at here. Look, look. Took off his robe, wrapped the towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Look at Jesus, sir. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet. Then he dried them with the towel that he had around himself. Skip down to the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 12 through 15. And look what it says. After washing their feet, he put on his robe. After he'd done that, after he had served those disciples, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. Verse 14, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, 
you ought to wash each other's feet. Verse 15, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. My friend, Jesus was not partial with his servanthood. He was not partial with his servanthood. Because of our Lord's forgiving spirit, because he was a forgiving savior, he even washed Judas's feet knowing that he would betray Christ for 30 pieces of silver. We must not only serve those we love, we must also serve those who are problematic and hard to love. Do you have any hard to love folk in your life? And some of them are closer than you think. And some of you know they are close. And you're saying, God, give me the patience to deal with this person right now before I lose it. (laughs) Before I lose it. Talk to God. Acknowledge that you might lose it. Lord, don't let me lose it. Lord, keep my mouth. Lord, help me not to go off. That's right. Lord, restrain me, Lord. I need you, Lord. Help me, Lord. Sometimes you know you're about to go off. Don't pray a long prayer. Just say, help me. You just can't serve the folk you like. You have to serve the folk that are problematic and hard to love. And some of you love being around folk you like, hanging around your buddies, your friends, your four mo shut the door and no more kind of friends. But God wants you to reach out to the other races. He wants you to reach out to the elderly. He wants you to reach out to the very young. He wants, he, God is no respecter of person. Those who are mean, those who are angry, those who won't even say thank you. And he wants you to serve them in spite. Now, if you're looking for your thank you and I appreciate you and you're so special and you're so all that, then listen, no wonder you're not serving. You want somebody to stroke you every time you do something. Sometimes uh, that person will say, I don't care. And you, and you got to say, that's okay, I did what God told me to do. And, and, and you will grow spiritually beyond measure. And some of you, under my voice right now, you need to go back and wash some feet. I'm not saying you got to take everybody's shoes off your seat. You can't do that. But I mean serve folk. Some of you, under my voice, you, you got siblings that you can't even talk to. You need to go back and serve them. You need to write them a letter first and just say how much I love you and it's been too long since we talked. And why are we letting this issue get between our relationships as brothers and sisters? The Universal Church is commanded to seek the unsaved. No person, no place, no situation, no betrayal, no threat of physical harm was off limits to Jesus as he journeyed from place to place during his ministry to seek and save the lost. God expects no less from us. The Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we are to acknowledge him and he shall direct our paths. Our omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God will equip us with everything we need to obediently carry out his will. Some of you need to go back and and start over with your relationship with your mama and your daddy, your grandparents. Some of you need to start over with those who have wronged you and hurt you. You need to start over. 
Jesus washed Judas's feet knowing that he was going to sell him out for 30 pieces of silver and Jesus washed the Palestinian dirt right off his feet and he loved them even though he was betrayed by that same man with the betrayal kiss. He said, well, I tell you. That's where we go. That's where we come out. <laughs> That's Jesus. But when we get to the wine, Jesus turned water to wine. Jesus turned water to wine. Jesus turned water to wine. That's all you know Jesus did. Jesus turned water to wine. Jesus turned water to wine. Jesus washed dirty Palestinian dirt off the feet of Judas, knowing in just a few hours he was going to portray him that would eventually lead him to the cross. And he served him in spite of your service to people must go beyond those you love and like. You've got to serve the folk who have hurt you. You want to mellow folk down? Serve the folk who are angry at you. Give, give a call. Give a call to somebody who wouldn't expect you to give them a call. They'll pass out first, then say, are you still there? <laughs> Why must we view ourselves as missionaries? You know, when is the last time somebody said, somebody said to you, oh, who are you? And you say, I'm a missionary. Now, sometimes you said, I'm a believer, I'm a saint, I'm a Christian. But when is the last time you said, I'm a missionary? Huh? Do you not know every one of you under my voice is a missionary? Well, they're going to say, well, where you going? You, go, you going to Africa, New Zealand? You going to Mexico? Where'd you go? You say you're a missionary. <laughs> you said, well, I told somebody about Jesus in the dental office. I told somebody about Jesus at the doctor's office. I passed out the co-worker's card to somebody I thought could really use this card because they're in a trial right now. That's being a missionary. A missionary is one who's on a mission for Christ. Jesus Christ is the greatest missionary who ever lived. And we too, when my wife and I first hit this city, they said, well, who are you? We said, we're missionaries for Christ because we saw the people we minister to as a mission field. As a mission field, people who need the Lord. I want to reach folk for Christ. If they come in by racial, we love them in. If they, if they come in here and they can't even talk, we love them anyhow. You don't have to have five degrees to walk in this building. You don't even have to have a necktie on to come in this building. We love you if you're black. We love you if you're white. We love you if you're tall. We love you if you're short. We love you if you're rich. We love you if you're poor. And by the way, if you're rich, we're not going to play up to you because you've got money. The ground is level at the cross. In the family of God, we should have no respect of persons. This is a true sign of spiritual maturity and servanthood. 
Uh, so why, why must we see ourselves as a missionary? A, we need to view ourselves as missionaries because Jesus has commissioned us to go and tell lost humanity about him. He has commissioned us. That's why we're missionaries, to go and tell lost humanity about him. Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to him, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. We're to tell everybody about Jesus. Why must we view ourselves as missionaries? We must view ourselves as missionaries because people are lost and headed to a Christless eternity in the lake of fire. Uh, Revelation 20:15 says, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire, eternal flames forever and ever. Let me tell you something about being a missionary. Your genuine love for people will compel you to become a missionary for Christ to minister to the physical and spiritual needs as if you were serving Christ himself. I say it again. Your genuine love for Christ will compel you to become a missionary for Christ to minister to their physical and spiritual needs as if you were serving Christ himself. Matthew 25, 37 through 40 says, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and and come into you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. You did it to me. Hebrews 13, 2 says, Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. That person on the street you passed up with a need, that may be an angel. Now, you can't help everybody, but you ought to help somebody. I wonder how many angels we have passed up not knowing it. Those in church leadership and believers alike must be patient and wait on the Lord to send the workers. We must not get in a panic. If you are not willing to wait on the Lord, you will select workers that are not from God but from Satan, which will result in the ministry being torn down and not built up. Refuse to become so desperate for laborers that you will steal sheep from other congregation to build up your own. Having nobody is better than having the wrong somebody. We are blessed to be a blessing and we are saved to reach the lost for Christ. We don't have to steal anybody's sheep from any other congregation. There's enough lost folk in this world, right, in Converse, to fill up this church and for us to have five services after this service. You don't have to reach after sheep that's already been caught and think you've done God favor. Beloved, life is too short to be consumed in self-pleasure. Christ is calling you to work for him, but are you ready and willing to answer the call and begin working for him today? But where are the laborers? What, in closing, what are the kingdom benefits of laboring for Christ? What are the kingdom benefits of laboring for Christ? Listen, there are kingdom benefits. There are great blessings for working for God. You say, what are they? I'll tell you. Number one, 
we will hear the Lord's commendation. We will hear the Lord's commendation. Matthew 25, 21 says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The Lord's commendation. Now, it's one thing to hear mama say, well done. Daddy say, well done. A grandparent say, well done. Your boss say, well done. But it's a whole nother thing to hear Jesus say, servant, well done. The Lord's commendation. Uh, number two, what's, what's another blessing? of working, our works will be rewarded. Our works will be rewarded. Revelation twenty two twelve says, and behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me. He's going to reward those who work for him. To look, to everyone according to his what? Work. To his work. Now, if you're not working, you're not going to get a what? Some of y'all scared. Y'all say, reward. You scared to say it. Okay, let me read it again. Some of y'all, you choked on this passage. Revelation twenty-two twelve says, and behold, I am coming quickly. He come any moment. And my reward is with me to give to every believer, everyone who say, this is, this is, listen, now this is not the great white throne judgment. This is the Bema judgment uh, in heaven. We'll, for this group, it's not a judgment for salvation and all this. This is a judgment solely based upon works and rewards. You know, not to see if you're saved or not. You're already in heaven. And behold, I am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his or her works. Works. Number three, what's, and the last but not the least, our works will be drawing kingdom dividends long after we have departed to be with the Lord. Do you realize when, when you invest in the kingdom, it doesn't stop when you die. That's amazing. It doesn't stop when you die. Our works will be drawing kingdom dividends long after we have died and gone to be with the Lord. You say, how do you know that? Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. It says, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead. You ought to underline that. The dead is even blessed. The dead is blessed. <laughs> blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Those are saints, believers, the missionaries. From now on, you still, you bless. When we've been there 10,000 years, you bless. Then the word of God says, yes, says the spirit that they may rest from their what? Labors. Now, some of you rested and you haven't worked yet. Stop. If you haven't worked, you, you don't have a right to rest. They, they rest from their labors. And look, when you rest, when you die, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. The moment you shut your eyes, you know Christ. You go, you open your eyes in glory, and there he is, right there in heaven with all your loved ones who knew the Lord, that they may rest from their labors. Look at this. Now, underline this. And their works follow them. Even though you are in heaven, your works, your works continue to, to, to make dividends. It keeps, it keeps on producing. Even though you're in heaven, you, you're drawing spiritual dividends right here on earth. Even if you've been there 10,000 years. 
What you have deposited into others will continue long after you have departed to be with the Lord. Also, what you leave in your will and estate planning for the Lord's church will continue to speak for you as well long after you've gone to be with Jesus and will make a kingdom impact for generations to come. This is how you glorify God in your death. Some of you say, well, I didn't know this. Well, no one, you'd be surprised how many people don't even have a will because they don't even think they're going to die. In closing, when the Lord calls you home, will this church have to make any adjustments because you're no longer here? Or, or, or will everything be, be the same? It will go on as normal without any change. We don't have to make one change because you died. Not one. Nobody's missing from the ushers. Nobody, uh, nobody's missing in family ministry. Nobody's missing in leadership. We, we don't have to replace the musician. We don't, have to, we don't have to make any adjustments because you did nothing. We, have to make, we, we may have to make no adjustments because you did nothing. Then two to one child, no investments. Where are the labels? How to reach the masses? Men of every birth, for an answer, Jesus gave the key. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. All the world is hungry for the living bread. Lift the Savior up for them to see. Trust him and do not doubt the words that he said. I'll draw all men unto me. Lift him up, lift him up. Still he speaks from eternity. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And all God's children said, The Bible tells us to fear not, for God is with us. Be not dismayed, for he is our God. He will strengthen us. He will help us. He will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. We must not be afraid, nor ashamed, nor slothful. We must be bold. We must be willing. We must be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is able, and he won't fail. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching, or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 